Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. So today we're talking specifically to the women listeners. All right. So if you are one of my male listeners, that doesn't mean you can just skip over this episode because chances are you know a woman or maybe live with a woman. And knowing this information can be really helpful so that you can support her in her health journey. But today I'm specifically talking to the women. Right? We're going to talk about women and aging, this whole process of aging, and how can we do it healthfully? Right? How can we do it in our healthiest way possible? And I'm actually going to be staking my position on strength training today, specifically. But we are going to go through the whole aging process. We're going to be talking about menopause. We're going to be talking about osteoporosis. And really, how can we live our best life? So I kind of switched my goals over the past couple years. Um, You know, I'll be honest, in my 20s and 30s, it was all more so aesthetic goals, like how do I look? And recently, I've started to switch my goals more towards longevity and overall health. Right? How can I set myself up now to be the healthiest version of myself in the future? And this, if I'm completely honest with you, has to do with my husband, right? So Jim is 10 years older than me. And I have maybe an irrational fear, but I have this fear of him dying before me. Because historically, women live longer than men. And he's already 10 years older than me. And so I have this fear in the back of my head that I am going to be a widow and I'm going to have to take care of myself. And yes, I have five kids, but let's be honest, they're not going to want to take care of me. So I have made it my mission to be as strong and as healthy as I can for as long as I can. So I don't need to be dependent on other people taking care of me. So Whether that's rational or not, that is not the conversation we're having right now. The conversation we're having is, is how can we set ourselves up to be healthy and independent for as long as possible? All right. So you may think, oh, nutrition and aging, this just doesn't apply to me. Uh, You may be in your 20s or maybe even in your 30s, but I'm going to argue that now is actually the best time to be having this conversation. Did you ever hear that? Was it an old Chinese proverb? The best time to plant a tree is 100 years ago. And the second best time to plant a tree is today. Well, that's how I feel about this topic. Like the best time to be talking about nutrition and aging is in your 20s. But let's say that ship has sailed and you're now in your 40s or 50s or 60s. The second best time to talk about nutrition and aging is right now, today. All right. We might have missed the first best time, but we're not going to miss the second best time. And that's because the choices that we make today are going to absolutely impact our future. 
So one of my clients uh, is an esthetician and we get to talking all the time about skincare and makeup and she is always telling me what you do now with your skincare is how you are going to show up a decade later. Like your choices now will be reflected in how your skin looks a decade from now. And I'm just like, oh boy, (laughs) because I am terrible when it comes to skincare. I hardly ever wash my face. I usually always sleep with my makeup on. Um, Yeah, I'm a hot mess. I don't use creams. I should. I buy them, but then I don't use them because it feels like too much work. And then a decade goes by and I'm always like, oh, like I'm starting to notice more wrinkles, more spots on my face. And I'm like, yeah, probably should have taken care of myself last the last 10 years, and maybe I wouldn't be seeing so many signs of aging now. Well, it's the same thing with our bodies, all right? How we take care of ourselves now will be reflected in how we look 10 years, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. All our decisions will come out at one point or another. In fact, I had a client one time, she said her physician told her that Um, if you can make it through your sixties with minimal health issues, you've got smooth sailing the rest of your life. And that's because your sixties is a decade where all of your decisions about your health catch up to you. So if you made some good decisions up until then, you should be able to get through your sixties. But you know, if you've had a diet consistent in heavily processed foods and you haven't really exercised ever before or drank a lot of water, a lot of those uh, things that you've done in your past catch up to you in your 60s. So just something to think about, right? Our decisions that we make now will be reflective in our futures. And I do want to talk a little bit because, you know, I'm in my 40s. And the message that I received growing up all throughout my teenage years, 20s, even into 30s was, you know, just always focus on being less, focus on being smaller, like weigh as little as possible when you get on the scale, restrict your calories so that you don't eat too much so you can be smaller. If you're going to exercise, avoid strength training. Because you don't want to get bulky. Nobody wants to date a girl that has like big muscles. If you're going to exercise, only do cardio, only run. Make yourself as small as possible. And I think now the message is changing. I hope more people are hearing the message that you do not need to be smaller. In fact, you deserve to take up space, whether it's physical space, you know, in your body but you deserve to take up space intellectually and verbally. Like we don't always have to make ourselves small and discreet. Like we deserve to be able to show up in a space, take up space. But the message about our bodies for so long has always been be smaller, be less. Right. And so, like I said, in the beginning, My goal in my 20s and 30s was always be less. It was a victory if you weighed less on the scale. It was, you know, a failure if you gained weight. And now in my 40s, I'm recognizing like, what am I doing here? 
right? And I just want to be healthy. I want to set myself up for a long time of health so I can be around for my kids and my grandkids and hopefully even my great-grandkids, right? We need to shift our focus on something that actually gives us value. You know, better question than, you know, well, how many calories should I eat to to be as small as possible? Maybe a better question is what nutrients do I need to eat today so I can have a strong, healthy body in the future, right? What does that look like in terms of protein and fiber and vitamins and nutrients? How can I show up as my best version decades from now? Because you know, you can argue it, you can wish it away, but aging is coming, right? It is inevitable. You're going to hit menopause at some part, right? And let's talk about what happens during menopause. Your estrogen levels decrease. Your ovaries stop making so much estrogen. And there are ramifications of that. Whenever you lower your estrogen levels, you are going to struggle to make more muscle. You decrease your physical ability to build muscle when you don't have as much estrogen. You also decrease your ability to retain the muscle mass that you already have. And third, you start to redistribute body fat and guess where it ends up distributing? Right there in your stomach region. So I have women that come to me all the time in their late 40s and 50s, sometimes even 60s, and they come to me and they are distraught, right? They're like, you've got to get rid of my stomach. Like, how do I get rid of this? I never had an issue here before. I have done nothing to change my diet. I have done nothing to change my portions or my exercise. And all of a sudden, now I have a stomach and I want to get rid of it. And for a long time, we would always you know, blame the person. Well, you know, you're probably eating out more. You're probably not moving as much. You know, are you sure you're counting your calories correctly? And these people come to me and they're like, but I am, I'm doing all the right stuff. And my body is changing. And I'm here to tell you that you are not crazy. Your body is changing. Again, you do nothing different. Going through menopause will change your body. And how it changes your body is by decreasing how much muscle you can create, decreasing how much muscle you retain, and redistributing body fat to the center of your body right by your stomach. So you're right. Your body is different. But the messages that we've received up until that point where do more cardio, just eat less calories, make yourself weigh as little as possible, they're not working and therefore they are not helpful. We know that the best thing that you can do to keep your metabolism as high as possible is to build muscle. It's to build muscle. But here's the thing. We think any change in the scale in terms of going up is a bad thing. But muscle has weight. Bone density has weight. You think about all the things that you want to do to set yourself up for success as you get older. If you think of all the things that you want to do to put you in a position of success through menopause, it's doing things that may put more weight on you. 
because building muscle increases your weight. Increasing bone density is a good thing. It makes you stronger. It decreases your risk of osteoporosis, but that has weight. And so if you are focused solely on the scale weight, anytime the number goes up, you may stop to do you may stop doing all of those really positive things that are going to put you in a place of success when you go through these aging processes. Right? If you want to look tone, muscle weighs something. You're going to have to put muscle on. Right? We know that cardio upon cardio upon cardio is not the best way to build strength. Strength training is. We know that burning maximum amount of calories comes from increasing your muscle mass, which comes from strength training, right? So the things that we need to do to set us up to be successful in the second half of our life may require us to be a different number on the scale. And I'm telling you, it's okay. This is why we do body composition screens at Body Metrics and we don't use scale weight alone. We have so many clients who may not see a shift on the regular bathroom scale, but internally they're completely changing their composition. They're losing body fat and they're increasing muscle mass. So when they are at home and they don't see the scale move, they're thinking that it's this major failure, what they're doing isn't working, and then they quit. Whereas if you get on a body composition scale, you can tell that, hey, what you're doing is actually working. You are laying down the groundwork for amazing success in the future. Keep going. It's a very different way of looking at things. And again, part of it is just we had wrong information growing up. And so today we're going to talk about strength training the benefits that it gives you and why we should be focusing on it as women and why cardio is not a bad thing. It's great for our heart health, but it doesn't have to be the only thing we focus on, right? Again, if the goal is to live independently for as long as you can, we need dense bones and we need muscles to support that structure. I'll say it again. We need dense bones as women, right? Osteoporosis is a big concern for women, right? A lot of times we're losing so much bone is because of our poor diets earlier on in life. When we actually needed to form bone back in our teens and our 20s, we probably weren't eating that well. And then if we were chronic dieters all our lives and we've been sucking out the calcium from our bones and, you know, hollowing them out and making them weak, and then we get into our 60s and 70s and we can't do the things we want to do because we're not strong enough to hold our frames up. Right? Like, think about, you know, your retirement. Most people don't want to just sit in a rocking chair during retirement. They want to travel. They want to go do things. They want to go play with their grandkids. They want to see all the things that they missed out on because they were working 40 hours a week. But a lot of my clients don't even have the health to do those things. Right? You want muscles to support your structure. You don't want to be hunched over. You want to make sure you're upright so you can see what's going on. 
right? You want to be able to lift yourself out of a chair. You want to be able to get up off the floor. You want to be able to get up off the bathroom, like the toilet. All these things that we just take for granted, it takes strength. And so we want to focus on creating that foundation when we're younger so we can have it and enjoy it when we're older. And again, muscle and bone weigh something. And if your focus is always weighing as little as possible, you might miss out on enjoying the second half of your life. All right. Now you may be thinking, all right, Adrian, I'm in my sixties. I've never strength trained before. Is it too late for me? Like did that ship sail and I'm just going to have to try to ride it out and hope for the best. And I'm going to answer. It is never too late to start. It's never too late to start strength training. Okay. I'm going to give you some really uh, practical ways to incorporate that in a little bit. Um, But I just, even my own story. So I, in college, well, let's go back. High school, I played tennis, I played basketball, and I ran track. And then I went to college, and I played tennis. And then I gained a ton of weight. I always tell people I was heavier in college than I was pregnant with twins. And that's because I just ate a ton in college. I was like, oh, well, I play tennis, so it's fine. I can handle it. But I didn't. I was eating way too much for how much activity I was doing. And I was stressed out all the time. I was pre-med for a while. So I just ate and ate and ate and out ate my activity. And then I started picking up running again. And so then I ran and I ran and then I ran a marathon. I got married, did a couple more races, and then had kids and then would run in between having kids. And I really didn't start strength training till probably five years ago. I followed this program online and, and it was more cardio based because, you know, that was what I was comfortable with, but there was a little bit of weights in there and she always encouraged us to try to, to lift a little heavier. And then it wasn't until November of 2022 where I started to be very intentional about lifting. I started to switch my workouts from cardio with maybe one or two strength days built in to five days of strength training and maybe one or two cardio days built in. I completely shifted the way I started to work out and I really, really like it. I love feeling strong. I love seeing how my body changes. I love being able to take all the groceries in in one trip because I'm strong enough to carry them all. Um, I love feeling strong. It makes me ask better questions like, what else am I capable of? Now, if you listen to an episode back in January of 2023, um, Heather, one of our other dietitians, uh, Heather Irwin, and I did an episode on... Um, the Iron Series by Carolyn Gervin. It's a free series on YouTube. That is the lady I follow for strength training. And there are days where I am just like, holy moly, I don't know if I can do this. But so far, I mean, I'm how many months in now? Like eight months in. And I, I notice differences in my body. I notice differences in my strength. And so I might see a move on the screen that I don't think I'm capable of, but my thought is, but Carolyn thinks I can do this. Otherwise, she wouldn't have put it into the workout. So that is what I tell myself. If Carolyn believes in me, then I need to believe in me. And sure enough, 
I can most of the time do the exercise well, right? I'm not going to say I can do all of them because that would be a lie. I am terrible at pistol squats. Um, I am terrible at sissy squats, but I am trying to get better and I'm working hard at it every day. But I am 43. I'm going to be 44 very soon. And I've really only started intentionally changing up my workouts in the past year, right? I've also learned my body doesn't like running as much. And I talk to a lot of clients with hip pain and knee pain and plantar fasciitis. And if all you have ever done your whole career is to cardio, do cardio, and now you can't do cardio because of aches and pains, and now you're doing nothing, you're setting yourself up for more challenges as you continue to get older. So, you know, again, it's never too late to start. You are always going to see some type of benefit. So what I'd like to do is I want to kind of give you some advice depending where you're at in your aging process. So if you are listening to this and you are in your 20s, I want to continue, well, maybe continue is not the right word, is I want to encourage you to add strength training to your exercise routine. You are the, you're at the best time in your life to lay down a healthy foundation. Your body is primed to build muscle at this age. Um, you're not losing muscle yet. That happens when you turn 30. So you are kind of at the prime age to lay down a fantastic foundation. So don't miss out on this opportunity. If you're not already strength training, add it in. If you're already doing some strength training, can you increase your weights or can you increase the frequency? Again, you don't have to do five days like I do. I'm not saying that's the only way to do it, but consider reframing the way you think about strength training instead of thinking of it as, you know, something you throw in every once in a while. Uh, Make it part of your routine. You are at an amazing spot in your life. Um, If I would have known this or have heard this episode 20 years ago, uh, I think about how much it would have made um, just my health journey different in my 40s, right? So if you're in your 20s and you haven't started a strength training regimen right now, it's definitely one that is going to um, benefit you. If you're listening to this and you're in your 30s, what I'm going to recommend to you is just to stay consistent with strength training. So typically in your 30s, if you um, have a family, you are in the thick of it, right? I remember having, you know, five kids, six and under in my 30s, and it was hard, and I was tired all the time. And, you know, kids weren't sleeping, kids weren't listening, they still don't listen, but that's besides the point. Um, But I was just exhausted all the time. And that was when I was trying to go back to work and start a career again and start a business. And I just remember being tired and skipping days of exercise because I just didn't have it in me. So if you are in your 30s listening to this and you're struggling with that too, I see you. Um, But I'm going to just recommend that you try to keep strength training as much of a part of your routine as possible. Meaning if you're exhausted and you can't work out 
um, as often as you'd like. The days that you do work out, try to incorporate some types of strength training in that to lay down that foundation and build muscle. Um, you know, try not to go on any crazy fad diets or starve yourself because then you're not getting adequate protein to help build the muscle. So, um, just as much as possible, try to stay consistent. And if you have the choice between strength and cardio, uh, pick strength more than you pick cardio. If you're listening to this and you're in your 40s, you may already notice changes happening to your body. All right. So 40s is usually where we panic because our body is changing. And so we revert back to what we know, which is eat as less calories as possible and do more cardio. And if none of that works, then lower your calories even more and do more cardio. If all else fails, do more cardio. We go back to the information that we were handed 20 years ago, except we have to remember that that information wasn't helpful. Right? You do not need to do a cleanse. You do not need to spend hours on the treadmill. And you do not need to do a thousand crunches a day. Right? We know that spot training doesn't work. The best way to burn calories is to build more muscle because muscle requires more calories, right? So spot training doesn't work, but what does work is compound exercises. It's the best way to strength training. Compound exercises means you're using multiple muscle groups at once. So maybe you're doing a squat to press. So you squat down, you stand up, and you raise your arms over your head. That is a compound movement because you're engaging multiple muscle groups, all right, versus just laying on your mat and doing crunches. That's not going to work. If anything, you're going to hurt your back <laughs> by doing that many crunches. All right. Um, if you're in your 40s, you may want to start considering increasing your protein needs to support the strength training. This is why you come to Body Metrics. So we can, um, we can assess your needs and give you accurate numbers to shoot for. Right? How much protein do I need? I have no clue. That's why you go to a dietitian. So she can tell you and help you and monitor you and make sure that it's healthy for your body and you're doing it in the right way. I have clients who are like, yeah, but I'm a vegetarian or I'm a vegan. How do I get my protein? Again, we can help you with that. We have ideas, right? If you want to do it through plants only, great. Come on over. Sign up for a virtual appointment. Go to bodymetricshealth.com. These are the types of things that dietitians can help you with. All right. Um, so if you're in your 40s and you're noticing changes starting to happen, if you are not in a strength training program already or engaged in some type of strength training, start. Remember, it's never too late to start. Um, just please don't go back to hours and hours of cardio and crunches. It's not going to work and you're going to get really frustrated. If you're listening to this and you are in your 50s or 60s or even beyond that, all right, if you have never strength trained before, start. Right? It is not pointless. That ship has not sailed. That ship is just sitting in the dock waiting for you to board. All right. We want to focus on big burner muscles. All right. So think of the largest muscle groups in your body. It's going to be your quads, your glutes, 
your chest, your back. These are big muscle groups that are going to burn major calories. All right. And they are also going to keep you strong and, and upright. Speaking of upright, when you're doing strength training exercises, you want to think of posture, I'll call them posture inducing exercises, things that keep you upright, pulling your shoulders back, things like rows, right? So much of what we do pulls us forward. We're hunched over, whether we're looking at phones or computers or driving, our shoulders are rounded and pointing forward instead of shoulders back, having a proud stance, um, you know, thinking about, pull, I just keep, I'm doing this as I talk to you, I'm pulling my shoulders back, opening up my chest, having good posture, that is good for your spine, good for your overall health. So if you're going to be doing strength training, Think about the posterior part of your body, the back of your body, and not just exercising the muscles you see in the mirror. Okay, we got we to gotta balance it all out. The third thing I want you to focus on uh, if you are 50s or older is flexibility. We want to keep those muscle fibers soft and pliable. Um, we don't want to get too stiff. Then it's harder to move stiff muscles. So we want to make sure that we're incorporating some type of flexibility into our routine. The goal, if you are in your older years, is to maintain the muscle you already have. Now, I will say it's not impossible for you to build muscle beyond age 50. It's just going to be slower than it happens in your 40s, 30s, and 20s. All right. If you have no clue where to start when it comes to strength training because you've never done it before, um, at Bodymetrics, we give you a workout calendar every single month. We create a calendar. It doesn't require any weights. It requires your body weight. Um, and it's only like four to six minutes of strength training a day. You don't even have to do it consecutive. You want to do two minutes in the morning, two minutes in the afternoon, and two minutes at night, go for it. But it's only six minutes a day. It is free to all of our clients, comes out in our monthly newsletter. So if you're not sure where to start, you start with the calendar, right? If you need more resources, you come to Bodymetrics, we'll give them to you. I'm all about free resources. Uh, at the bottom of our calendar, there's a link to, um, to click on if you're not sure how to perform the exercises. We always tell people, though, keep your expectations low because our kids film the videos. So it is what it is, but um, just something you might want to consider if you're not quite sure where to start. Start at the beginning. Everybody starts at the beginning. doesn't matter how old you are. And then finally, um, if you're in your 50s, 60s, or beyond, I'm going to recommend getting some blood work done. All right? And specifically, I want to look at your vitamin D levels. All right. Once you've gone through menopause, uh, you may notice that your vitamin D levels start to decrease. And if you're deficient in vitamin D, uh, you'll lose muscle at a faster rate. All right. And again, we want to build muscle to help support bone density so that we can be strong and upright and mobile for as long as possible. And then also... Another note, if you are above 50, uh, is make sure you're drinking your water, right? Um, if you are in your 80s or 90s and you're listening to this, first of all, thank you. First of all, great job figuring out how to listen to a podcast because 
that took me till I was in my 40s to figure that out. But um, if you're listening to this and you're older, do make sure that you're drinking plenty of water so that your muscles can stay hydrated. Um, but probably one of the biggest things I saw when I worked in the hospitals is dehydration for the reason why people were um, admitted or in the into the emergency room. I get it when it's hard to move. You don't want to drink as much because then you have to get up to go to the bathroom and it's hard to move. So keep your body well, well nourished, well hydrated, move your muscles. They are designed to move. All right. In the beginning, you don't worry about where everybody else is and how much they can lift. You can't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle, but you can start and you'll notice that you're going to feel so much better and ask better questions. What else am I capable of? If I can do this, what else can I do? And if I can be that person for you, like Carolyn is in my workouts for me is, you know, she believes I can do it. So I need to believe it too. And I'm going to be that for you. I believe you can do it. And if I believe you can, maybe that'll be enough for you to start believing you can do it as well. All right, let's get you your recipe for the week. I actually posted this a couple weeks ago on our Instagram page um, for a snack idea, and it's a whipped ricotta and tomato toast. So if you're looking for a great healthy snack idea, um, this could even be part of a breakfast or a lunch. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. So for this recipe, you're going to need a third a cup of ricotta cheese, one slice of whole grain toast. I like Dave's Killer Bread. A handful of grape tomatoes quartered. Alternatively, you could just get a large tomato and cut it into slices. About a tablespoon of basil leaves and then salt and pepper to taste. And how you're going to prepare it is in a food processor. You're going to whip the ricotta until it's really creamy and fluffy and smooth. So about one to two minutes. And then you're going to spread that ricotta on top of your toast and top with the tomatoes and basil and season with salt and pepper if desired. And that's it. How quick and easy and healthy and nutritious is that? I think it's awesome. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. As always, I'm so thankful for you. And again, if you have more questions, visit us at bodymetricshealth.com. Call us, schedule an appointment. We are happy to help and honored to be on this wellness journey with you. Have a great week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.